Cube Radio. You are listening to the Car Guide Podcast with Louis-Philippe Dubé and Gabriel Gélina. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the 11th episode of uh, the Car Guide Podcast. I'm with Gab, my co-host. My name is LP. And today, Gab, we're going to talk about a few very, very different news uh, in the automotive world, as well as a few very big and very opulent cars that we drove in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, after that, we got a few things coming up in the next weeks. There's a lot of traveling again going on, uh, namely with the uh, Mazda uh, products, Toyota, uh, as well as other uh, stuff we want to talk about. Uh, but first off, Gab, I want to talk about uh, Dodge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dodge uh, has been doing in the last year, kind of uh, phasing out its current uh, Charger and Challenger vehicles that have been around since 2010 unchanged uh just uh, uh bigger horsepower bigger yeah. bigger brakes and bigger wheels <laughs> yeah in many ways you know the, the the challenger and the charger are going the way of uh of the sports car and essentially you know yep. they, they get on the market and they live for seemingly forever yes. you know when you think about like the nissan z uh, the current one you yes. know is is very much based on the older yep. vehicle of uh, previous generation and that lived on for so long, you know. Without, and they all sell. And yeah, you know, exactly. Production so goes. So. Limited, limited volume and things like that. So with regards to Challenger and Charger, it's interesting because they've, they've been doing all these variants, you know, just to basically keep the uh, nameplate alive. Yes. You know, we talk about the Demon. We talk about the, the Hellcat wide body mm -hmm. and, you know, and so on and so forth. And all these scat packs and all these different, yep. you know, versions of essentially the, the same basic vehicle. Yes. Same architecture, different horsepower settings, different torque settings. But now, you know, we're, we're coming... We're coming to the end, obviously, of these of these huge uh, engines, V8, supercharger, yes. wine, mechanical wine, and all that stuff. Of course, and you know they're they're going. We've already seen the uh, Daytona EV uh, concept mm -hmm. uh, for Dodge, so that's that same shape of vehicle, but you know, and with an EV drivetrain. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's the end of the road, so to speak. But they're. They want to go out with a bang. Exactly. Exactly. And then we've got this Dodge Challenger SRT Demon 170. And, you know, we, yeah. we're looking at, you know, incredible uh, amounts, uh, figures for horsepower and quarter mile and things like that. Yeah. It's, and, and obviously a very expensive uh, vehicle as well. Yeah. It's know. the last of, uh, it was unleashed on, on, on uh, last week. And it was, uh, it's the last of, seven what what Dodge calls last call models yeah, exactly. and I, I, I find it kind of sad a little bit last call is like the last last uh, last blast to have fun with yeah. gas powered yeah, Dodges yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's still a very good promotional material a very good marketing campaign for Dodge and it last year uh, and during the last months it's the, the brand has been releasing you know and 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 uh, and um, uh, taking out old name plates like uh, the King Daytona swinger super B and basically, like you said, taking the same cars, Dodge, uh, 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 Challenger and Charger, slapping the name on it, making 
it a, li a limited edition and kind of, you know, like making it a, a, a collector's vehicle, but seven of them. Mm. And the last one the, is the one that you said that was uh, that was uh, released last week. It's the uh, uh, Challenger SRT Demon 170. And it's the biggest, baddest and fastest of all of them. We're talking no less than a thousand and twenty-five horsepower. Uh, I think there's a there's a there's kind of a a, a a cue there or kind of a message there that's saying, listen, we we took that engine and we make as much horsepower as a, a an electric car with it, just to make the transition to the electric car more uh, um, uh, um, more memorable for the, mm. the 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 purists of the brand of the Challenger of the Charger. A thousand twenty-five horsepower 940 foot pounds of torque in the srt demon 170 and that's when it runs on e85 now e85 is something that you know it's been around forever a lot of uh, uh vehicles have you know like uh we, we could remember the flex fuel vehicles yeah, yeah, exactly. that you could run e85 or natural or, or normal gasoline e85 basically means that it has 80 it contains 85 percent uh alcohol uh, uh well more precisely ethanol in it and then 15 percent gasoline uh you know, ethanol has a, a, a very high octane level, over 200 octane. But it, um, the problem with it, it has its, it, it corrodes engine, it corrodes internals, and you know why don't we only use it uh, in other vehicles? There's a whole other question there, but. It makes more horsepower on the short run and 1,025 horsepower and 900 foot-pounds of torque is what you can get with running E85. If you run E10, which is basically like 94 octane mm -hmm. uh, uh, super, super, yeah, gas. super gas or premium yeah, gas exactly. uh, from Petro-Canada or, or whatever, you still get a very, uh, very decent uh, amount of horsepower, which sits at... On va couper là parce que là, je n'étais pas prêt. Which sits at uh, 900 horsepower and 810 foot pounds of torque. Very Dis respectable numbers. Disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? E85 is 900 okay. horsepower. Are you sure? That's not much. 900. <laughs> it's, you know, it's and what what attracted me to this news today is that you know, despite everything it has, it uses the same uh, uh, engine as the the, uh, the the demon that we know, the 6.2 liter V8 with the supercharger. It's got everything's been. Uh, changed in the vehicle and, and uh, underneath the hood to, to make that kind of horsepower and Dodge engineers love to do that, kind of reinvent everything, but still keeping the same, you know, uh, 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 engine. Uh, tweaking. Uh, twe tweaking. Tweaking it, yes. to the max. But why they call it 170? And that's that's something that I, I, I it kind of, inter you know, it, it, it attracted my attention because... With the vehicle, the buyers who are, going, who are going to acquire the vehicle, they they um, everyone's gonna get a box with two whiskey glasses, a decanter, and like whiskey little ice cubes with the devil's face on it. It's it's a very dodge thing to do. Uh, some special editions got uh, a toolbox, you know, a very sinister uh, um, memorabilia. Yes, and the E eighty five. If you would have. Uh, distill it and put it in a bottle, it would be 170 proof. <laughs> don't drink it. You know, everyone at home, please don't drink ethanol. <laughs> but that's what the name, that's why, what, what Dodge, the name comes from. Like, why why would anybody want a decanter with two whiskey glasses in its car? Okay. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. it's, it, it, yeah. but, but it makes it for such a, an attractive 
uh, uh, gadget or gizmo to have for, for, well, for yeah, these it's, people. It's, it's a conversation piece for every owner of this uh, of this vehicle. And yeah. quite frankly, you know, it's going to be a limited edition yes. uh, vehicle. So very much geared towards collectors. I'm pretty darn sure that some of these cars will never, you know, be used. They'll be just put away, mothballed. Especially whatever. this one, yeah, exactly. because it's the last one. It's the last one. Yeah. So uh, that's a, a bit sad in a way to me, you know. Because that's what I was saying at the beginning, you know. Yeah. It's kind of last call, very last call, <laughs> the seventh last call for Dodge. And, and, and it's it's sad that it's probably, like you said, they're probably going to be in, in you know, temperature-controlled bubbles exactly. and, and, and then stick around. Maybe, you know, the glass, whiskey glasses are going to be used, but yeah. otherwise only 3,000 units uh, 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 for the U.S. market and 300 units uh, for the Canadian market. Uh, let's remember that the, uh, the Challenger is uh, assembled in brand in Ontario. Uh, we, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with that plant. It's retooling for electric vehicles. We don't know if the Challenger, new Challenger, like you, you mentioned yeah, exactly. uh, at the, the, the beginning Daytona of the EV. podcast, mm-hmm. that the, yeah, the Daytona EV product, which is, which is, uh, it's not the Challenger, the, the, the Charger, uh, uh, the, the Daytona Charger uh, that's going to be, uh, um, that has been unveiled and uh, in a concept a form. Uh, what's going to happen with this one? Is it going to be assembled or is it going to be assembled anywhere near that, that plant? We don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, everybody, everybody kind of liked the concept because of the fact that it doesn't have four doors like the, the original or the 2010 charger that we've been having for the last few years. Yeah. But also the sound, uh, they're kind of tweaking the "Quote unquote exhaust sounds." I think we we spoke mm-hmm. about that, yeah. trying to make it a little bolder presence on the road, and 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 it's 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 a whole new game for Dodge that a brand that wants to be the performance EV brand, like a pioneer. And you know, it would be good to see some performance models come out of Dodge with EV because they have the, the only one, the only new model that the brand has seen in the last ten years was the Dodge Hornet, and exactly. it just just yeah. came out. We just started yeah. driving it in, in, yeah. the, in the last few yeah. years. I'll tell you one thing about that concept, and we're yep. going to close on that. But yes, I was at CES uh, last uh, January in Las Vegas, uh, Consumer Electronics Show, and the Dodge Daytona EV concept was there. And two of the people that were looking at it very closely were Oliver Zipsa, who is CEO of BMW Worldwide. Yes. And is head of production. Yes. <laughs> so they were looking at this car very, very closely and they spent quite a bit of time. It was actually kind of funny because I, of course, recognized them right away, but the people who were around them had no idea who they were. Yeah. And they were talking in German to each other and stuff like that and looking at every detail in the car. So okay. it's interesting to see. Taking that. notes, yeah. taking notes. Well, maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything like industrial espionage going on. I don't think so. You don't speak but, German, so yeah, you exactly. can know. But I think they were very much... Um, smiling, looking at this car. You yeah. know, obviously, it, it had some sort of appeal to them. So that's just a footnote uh, in closing on the, uh, on the Daytona EV concept. Very cool. Gab, you attended a, the unveiling of a very uh, important vehicle in Canada, but one that we don't really recognize or we don't, we, 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 it's all around us, but we don't really, really look at it when it, it drives by, uh, the Hyundai Kona. 
the Hyundai Kona is the most sold vehicle for Hyundai in Canada uh, by a very small margin uh, from the Elantra, only uh, a few uh, units more, uh, a total of 24,579 uh, Konas were sold in 2022. And uh, you got to see uh, the new model, what we expect from the new Kona. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I flew to Berlin to uh, be at the unveiling of this new second generation Kona. As you mentioned, it's a hugely important vehicle for the brand, not only um, here in North America, Canada, but also elsewhere uh, around the world. And <clears throat> the, the the thing that's an interesting to note is that this new second generation Kona is, first of all, much bigger than the first generation vehicle. You know, it's keeps up with the trend every time they yep. launch a new car. They always get bigger. Longer, wider, taller, things like that. Mm-hmm. So it, that's the same thing with uh, this generation of the Kona. But what's really significant is that, as you know, the current model is um, powered by either a gas engine, but there's also an electric version of the Kona, Kona yep. EV. Um, and so in in the past, first they designed the Kona with the gas engine, and then they adapted the styling for the EV. But for this new generation model, they switched that around 180 degrees. They designed the electric vehicle first. They did the design of the vehicle based on the EV, okay. and then they adapted that design for the gasoline-powered Kona, which is still obviously going to be offered uh, in Canada. So in terms of the look of the vehicle, it changes things quite significantly because uh, the design is very much EV focused when you look at it and uh, North American buyers will have a chance to see it because it's going to be at the New York Auto Show. That's where it's going to have its official uh, first uh, introduction to, 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 to local market. Yep. Uh, so first uh, first car show in North America in, in New York um, in April. <clears throat> But essentially, what we're looking at here is a, a very aerodynamic vehicle, 0.27 uh, coefficient of drag. That's important, obviously, yes. for, for, uh, for an electric uh, vehicle. Especially for range. Exactly. And um, in terms of, um, you know, if we're going to talk about the EV, there are, on worldwide markets, there are going to be two battery capacities that will be offered. But for Canada, only one battery will be uh, offered. And that's, of course, the larger uh, battery, which is... Um, 65.4 kilowatt hours, only one electric motor. So it's basically, it's a two-wheel drive vehicle. It's not an all-wheel drive vehicle. And the power is going to be around 215 horsepower. They're looking at, in terms of um, range, for WLTP standard, which is the European standard, 490 kilometers. Now, we all know that, you know, that figure is yeah. wildly optimistic. It's going to be not only smaller by EPA standards, but also, also smaller by... Winter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we don't have the official EPA uh, numbers yet, yep. but um, you, we can anticipate that that number will be around 420 or 430 kilometers. And again, as you mentioned, that's under ideal conditions, yes. 20 degrees C ambient temperature and so on and so forth. So obviously much less range in winter. Um, what's interesting is that you can uh, you can also charge it, obviously, on a fast charger in about from 10 to 80% in about 41 minutes if you're 
plugged into a, a DC fast charger mm-hmm. of 100 kilowatts, so which is the maximum that the car is able to able to take. Oh, wow, that's interesting. And um, you know, of course, there's V2L vehicle to load, so you can actually use the battery to power. Uh, other equipments we've had that in the Ionic 5 we've had so it, they're basically carrying on with with the same uh, technology there obviously you'll have one pedal driving because there's going to be uh, three levels of regenerative braking uh, on the vehicle but also what's interesting is that inside the vehicle it's um it's very much like uh, the, the the new Ionic 5, so two large screens uh, that are 12.3 inches each. So um, you've got, you're basically looking at the same kind of uh, two-screen dashboard that yep. you'll find on Ionic 5, that you'll find on Ionic 6. It looks very similar. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and and just that there's there's a lot because the car is bigger it's longer uh, it has uh, for example uh, more rear seat leg room than the previous vehicle that was a shortcoming of the, the yeah. previous Kona so now it's like looking more uh, usable as far as uh, carrying people and on on the back seat now with regards to the um, the Kona with the ICE engine, internal combustion, so four-cylinder, 1.6 liter, still the same engine as before, but now it's gonna be uh, paired with an eight-speed automatic uh, gearbox. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also, that, that's for the N-line uh, vehicle, so it's four-cylinder, four 1.6 liter turbo. And the base model of the Kona will have the same engine as before, so a two-liter motor with a CVT gearbox. So that's the main difference between the N-line, which is a sporty model and, yeah. and, and the base model. And that's pretty much it. It's going to come to the market at the end of summer of 2023. The first one to come to the market will be the gas-powered um, uh, Kona and later on uh, the uh, the electric. And as I mentioned, if you if you happen to be in New York uh, after <laughs> after Easter, yeah. the New York Auto Show is on for 10 days. It starts around on Easter on Good Friday. And of course, that's going to be the centerpiece of uh, the Hyundai display at the New York Auto Show this year. Uh, two things I'm, I'm, I'm surprised with the uh, with this Kona, especially on the electric side, <laughs> is that the, uh, the limit for for the charging is at 100 kilowatt. Last week, yeah. uh, a couple of weeks back, at the uh, the last episode, we spoke about the PZ4X, yeah, the RZ, yeah. and and the uh, and well, the, the Solterra yeah. being being a little bit limited, yeah. and the Ionic 5 was much more at 225. Yeah. And then, and then, what's the is there a new strategy there? Well, it's, I think it's because you know they're basically carrying over with the same kind of uh, battery yeah. and and electric uh, motor that they yes. had in the, in the previous generation. It's just adapting it to this large. Right. Right. Sized vehicle, but right. it's not. It's not. No, it's not the new. Uh, it's the, not the, the new, new tech. The new tech, exactly. Okay. So that's why. And also, there is a there is a, a wiper on the rear view. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the rear window. <laughs> on the rear window. <laughs> <laughs> different. Different from the Ionic. Actually, the Ionic Five is going to get one. But yeah. Hyundai is, they, they decided to put it on the, yeah. the Ionic Five. It came in the news a couple of weeks back yeah. that uh, For it the was twenty twenty four models. <laughs> the twenty four exactly. models. Yes. <laughs> Gab, you were in Arizona uh, not too long ago to drive uh, the first vehicle to be uh, uh, conceived and assembled by solely the M division at BMW since 
forever since the M1 and, exactly. and uh, non-surprisingly it's an SUV it's the XM we saw the concept in uh, Miami uh, uh, that you attended as well I think and uh, uh, on the unveiling of that and then you got to drove the production vehicle which really looks like the concept uh, vehicle that you saw in Miami how was that? Yeah exactly so w what we're looking at here essentially is the BMW XM um, it's it, as you mentioned the, the second uh, only the second vehicle produced Uh, by the M division of uh, BMW. It is an SUV and it is powered by a hybrid uh, drivetrain. Yep. That you've got the V8 twin turbo uh, engine, but you also have an electric motor with a small battery uh, that, uh, that can uh, power the, the vehicle on electricity alone for about, they say about 80 kilometers. I think it's going to be less than that. Okay. But you can also drive it up to 130 kilometers an hour purely on electric drive, as long, of course, as you have energy in, in the battery. Yeah. So what we're looking at here, why, is this, why does this vehicle exist? <laughs> yeah, it's keeping the V8, keep keeping V8 power and then adding hybrid. I mean, all the vehicles we're talking about, the, the newer vehicles we're talking about, 100% electric, not yeah. all of them, but most of them. And now this vehicle exists... Yeah, why, why, why is that so? It's 653 horsepower. It's 590 pounds-feet of torque. It's all-wheel drive. And basically what it is, is it's going to be a very exclusive vehicle uh, that is going to go against things like Lamborghini Urus, yep. like uh, the G-Wagon at Mercedes-Benz. Obviously, not, it's not, the G-Wagon is not as sporty as the XM. No, exactly. Or it's going to go against the, uh, the, the Cayenne GT Turbo, you know, the, which is the, the high-pop version of the, of the Cayenne. Uh, we can think about also other, you know, Aston Martin DBX 707, mm. things like that. So it's all, it all sounds very expensive. It <laughs> is expensive because the base, <laughs> we'll price, the base price for Canada is $220,000. Oh, well, it's, okay. the, it's in, in the bracket okay. of the vehicles And you the mentioned. price is actually part of it. You know, it, they, it had to be expensive, yes. you know, they, for them to uh, justify the fact that, you know, that they're going after the Eurus, that they're going after the high end. If it was somehow less money, people would think of it as a lesser car. So uh, part and, of it is... is oh, that. yeah. In, exactly. these, in these markets, in these yeah. uh, segments, it's always, it's always like that. So obviously, and if you're going to add some options, you can uh, you know, bring that, bump that price up to a quarter million dollars easy. Mm -hmm. And, <clears throat> you know, it's going to be very exclusive. They won't say how many units are coming to Canada, but it's going to be less than 100. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So that's very, very limited. I yeah. think, I think that's what it's going to be. I'm just guessing at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be around that, around that, that, uh, that price range. So, so basically the, the vehicle looks, you know, the, the bling factor is off the charts on this <laughs> thing because they've got, especially if you spec the gold packages, like gold trim on the side of the vehicle around also the, Um, the, the massive grill, grills, the kidney grill, yeah, exactly yeah. at the front. Um, they've got the uh, the BMW roundel laser etched into the rear glass of the vehicle, right? As a you know, sort of like a, a nod to the uh, the roundels that were on the uh, the first M car, the BMW M1, which was uh, launched in 1978. Yes, so. It, the, the, like I said, the bling factor is, is really off the charts with this thing in terms of the looks, exterior, but also inside, because inside 
um, you've got this this weird looking headliner that's sort of like a diamond pattern, uh, which is lit by LEDs. Oh wow! And the rear seat. little bit of Rolls Royce influence right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. You know, not very close. And the rear seat, obviously, lots of uh, rear legroom, and the rear. Uh, second row is very much uh, style, a bit more like a lounge, you know, less driver oriented, but more comfort kind of thing. Right. So it's um, it's it's a weird looking vehicle because in a way I call it a bit a Frankenstein because they've got the platform of the X7, the suspension of the X5M competition. Mm-hmm. And then you've got you've got this new power plant with twin uh, twin turbo V8 plus the electric motor, which right. is in the gearbox. Um, and uh, by the way, this also this hybrid drive unit, we know it's going to be in the next M5 because, you know, for the M division, the last M car that's going to be strictly uh, gas-powered engine is the new M2 that's, that's coming yep. out now. Uh, but all of the other ones are going to be electrified. And as far as the M division are, is concerned, they, they figure that by... 2027, they'll be selling more electrified vehicles, whether it's electric powered or uh, plug-in hybrid, right. than pure internal combustion engine. That's not too far away. The, yeah, that's like a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. And right now, what's the best-selling M car right now in 2022? Uh, it's the i4 M50. Oh, really? The electric car. Yeah. That's their best-selling model for the M division. So it's it, it shows it, you where, shows, where things yeah, are going. it tells going. a lot. Yep. But uh, this one, the uh, the XM, like I said, you're going to see them in in Beverly Hills. You're going to see yeah. them in South Beach. Yeah, you're going to see right. them in Dubai. In Abu Dhabi. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be that that kind of status SUV, right. just like the Urus is, just like the Aston Martin, things like that. So um, it's it's interesting, and you know the styling is way out there. But we know that BMW, that's what they do with their niche models or their right. lower volume models. You know, they, the, the styling is way out there, and with the bread and butter cars or vehicles X3, X5, the styling is more subdued. Yes, but this one is is very much very much out there. And if you're buying it, you've <laughs> you're really kind of making a statement, right, you know, right, basically, right, that you're you're on board with this kind of outre type styling yeah of course yeah, yeah. and the performance is there you know obviously the, the, the car is the car is quick um, but you know having said that 0 100 4.3 seconds you know a Taycan now it's, mm. it's like a second faster so mm. <laughs> that's the, a whole the, big, the, yeah, big second there <laughs> the, the very fast electric uh, EVs, electric cars, sports cars, you know, I've sort of like ruined it for us. In terms yeah. Of, yeah it's, it's sh- uh, sheer acceleration, I agree. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's, it's so, been, but still 4.3 seconds. That's, that's not a slouch yes, you know, for a yes. big vehicle like that, that size, that weight. Yeah. Uh, so again, and they'll sell every one they make. That's for sure for top dollar. And uh, it's going to be a profitable product. Yeah, exactly. In the, end. the people who buy them are just out there to make a statement, obviously. Yeah. Okay. I've been uh, for my side. I've been. I I I was in California driving uh, the uh, a very also very opulent, a very big vehicle, but on the American side of things, which is the Hummer EV SUV. Um, I drove last year. I drove the uh, pickup version of uh, the uh, the Hummer EV, uh, and uh, now it's the uh, SUV. 
uh, variant that we got to drive. Not many differences, except uh, the wheelbase is nine inches uh, uh, shorter. So that's the first thing uh, to say. Uh, and also it carries a smaller battery. Uh, how much smaller, we don't know exactly because uh, the, the Hummer pickup has a 212.7 kilowatt per hour battery, which is, is completely, it's, it's three batteries, the three batteries in one. It's, yeah. I think it weighs as much as a, a car itself, like a small compact yeah. car. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of comparisons done, <laughs> you know, how much the vehicle weighs, how much a battery weighs. I mean, the official numbers of the output of that battery is going to be, it's a little, it's a little uh, lower. Uh, than the pickup, but still huge. I mean, it's we're talking about 20 module battery versus 24 modules, I think, or 26 module battery for the uh, for the uh, for, for the, the pickup, pickup version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, tons tons of uh, look, tons of tech, uh, tons of power as well. I mean, I, I'm saying tons because it 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 weighs. 9,000 pounds. Uh, oh. The pickup version weighs a little bit more than 9,000 pounds. I don't have the official figures. They didn't provide the, the official figures yet. Uh, but we could say that it's not much lighter than the pickup version. It's an SUV version. Um, the power is affected by the uh, the smaller battery, obviously. Uh, but we are still talking about 800 horsepower and 1,200 foot-pounds of torque. Same torque as the pickup version. Yeah. But uh, the, the first edition of the pickup version has a thousand horsepower. This mm. one has the, it's the same first edition. It has eight hundred and thirty horsepower. Still very respectable uh, power figures. Uh, but uh, the difference on the strip, if you you venture on the, uh, on drag, the drag strip, strip yeah. would yeah. be the zero to ninety six kilometers an hour to zero to sixty uh, in 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 American terms uh, goes uh, for uh, three seconds in the pickup version and three point five seconds. And the SUV version, which is which is kind of a, a gap if you're talking about race cars going yeah, on, yeah, exactly. on the drag strip, but not that big if you're talking about a big hunk of metal like this, a uh, 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 non not very aerodynamic uh, uh, Hummer uh, that we're talking about. Uh, obviously, I didn't mention, but it's built on the Altium uh, platform at General Motors, which is the ultimate Altium platform, as they call it, uh, which is the biggest one that you can get. Uh, Range-wise, uh, we're talking about uh, a little bit more, a little, a little bit over uh, than uh, uh, 480 uh, kilometers. On the pickup version, because of the bigger battery, was a little over uh, 500. So there's a little bit of range loss there. I don't think it has anything to do with aerodynamics because it all went down the drain when they designed the Hummer. <laughs> aerodynamics weren't a concern. <laughs> so so we didn't ask about uh, the drag coefficient. Would have been a funny question at the um, at the uh, at the presentations to, to to ask. I don't think they know it, but nevertheless, it doesn't really matter to the uh, the the, um, the average Hummer buyer. Uh, Ninety thousand reservations so far. Crazy for for this vehicle yeah. pickup and SUV mixed. And what's funny is that seventy percent of those reservations, it comes from people who never owned an electric car. So yeah. it goes to it, it goes with the personality of the vehicle. I mean, you're talking about electric vehicle aficionados or people that really really know about electric vehicles. They look at the Hummer and they say, Ugh. You know, it's a waste of, of resources, a waste of energy. Yeah, you could exactly. you could make three cars out of it, and they're not yeah. wrong. They're yeah, not wrong. They're, they're <laughs> not wrong about that because you know, in a way, it's like it's it, the whole concept is like completely insane. Yeah, when you it, think about it. Yeah, it's, you know, and it's like they're they're making a statement with it, but it's the wrong 
in my mind, you know, the the wrong kind of statement. Yeah. You know, what what we're looking for is what what Volkswagen has announced in Europe. You know, looking yeah. for a twenty five thousand dollar electric car. Yes, you know, a small electric that car. you can actually now, park downtown. Yeah. And now, what's this one going to cost? You know, it's it's the same with the Lightning. You know, it's like huge. It's going to be hugely expensive. Yeah. Huge waiting list. Huge markups. Yes. And you know, uh, it it serves no logical purpose. Well, you know, that could be debated uh, first with pricing. Uh, the uh, uh, Off, they call it off-road version of the Edition One, which is the, the first, you know, the, the, the launch edition, $154,000 and $154,193 for the off-road version, $142,598 for the on-road version. The basic difference is between is the tires and, you know, uh, tow hooks and protection plates and stuff like that. And then you go down to $135,000, $122,000 and $108,000. Uh, that's all transport included because transporting this truck must be heavy, and then you, if you put a, tra a transport fee yeah, beside exactly. it, it's gonna <laughs> scare everybody. But, But you know, you're, you're talking these prices. I was expecting way more than that. Exactly. That's what I, I, I was gonna tell you, and I was I wanted to discuss with you because because of the tech. The mm. performance, I mean, everything in that vehicle. There's so much stuff. Okay, at the end, we're gonna say there's the more stuff you get, the more can break. But you know, you get. Uh, uh, four wheel steering. Uh, uh, it's a three motor setup. So two in the rear, one in the front. Uh, you get, uh, air suspension, uh, locking differentials in the front and back, torque factoring. Uh, you get, uh, you know, inside all kinds of, uh, off road gizmos, off road data logging. All the screens inside are, are the designs are made by the Unreal Engine. Unreal Engine is like the video game yeah. uh, grade uh, 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 graphics, which is which is you know things that we don't we don't really notice, but but buyers will will say, wow, you know, I can get this, I can get that. Uh, 17 cameras uh, all around the vehicle uh, to, for off roading. Uh, the cameras on the bottom of the uh, uh, for off roading, uh, they can they they auto clean themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it, there's I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and you know about everything that you'll find in the Hummer and for the price like you said I mean wow you know you you get a lot and there's value quote unquote in it if you can get your hands on it um, but it's not a vehicle for everybody I mean we've been driving we drove it off-road it's very capable we drove it on the road I mean it's got body roll of course it does but It's it's maneuverable because of the four four, four wheel steering. steering. Yeah, I mean, it's got the same turning radius as a Bolt. Yeah, that's you know, incredible. which is you can drive it, in, in, you know, downtown. You can you, you can do easily do U turns with it. So I drove it on a, a variety of, of roads, and honestly, at the end of the at the beginning of the drive, I was looking at it and saying, "Well, who's going to buy that? It's too big. It's 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 it consumes too much energy." But at the end. Of the drive, I was wow. This thing is growing on me. I mean, it's it's got, it is. I mean, it's fast. It's 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 got the looks. It's got you know like so. It's kind of a love hate relationship. You love to hate it because it's it's a waste, you know, of of energy and a waste of resources. But when once you drive it, he says, "Well, I only paid." You know that much for it. I got all of it. I mean, it's it's the Im it's at the image of consumerism. Yeah, you know, like what, do, you, do you need it? Yeah. No, but you got a good deal on it. Yes, you know. Yeah, exactly. So so obviously uh, uses a lot of power. Uh, uh, you know, like to, to twice, three times the energy of of, of a normal EV. So it's uh, it's you know it needs its own hydroelectric plant uh, yeah. basically to fuel. But like you said, it's gonna it's gonna sell. 
uh, uh, they're going to sell all of them with all these reservations and and people who are going to buy it, they're going to love them and they're going to show them off and they're going to drive them never drive him off road they're going to drive him on you know on the street and and it's going to be one of those vehicles that you point and look and say hey there's a hummer you know that's what it used to be that's what the the, the hummer it was the all, h1 yeah the very all first along one, you know exactly. so so there you go Gab, a uh, couple of uh, podcast episodes back, you drove the Land Rover Range Rover, but this time you put your hands on the long wheelbase uh, uh, version, and <laughs> yeah, we want to hear about that test drive because it is, again, it's an opulent vehicle. It goes with the trend today on this episode with yeah. the XM and the Hummer and now the long wheelbase uh, Range Rover. How did you find it? Well, uh, you know, you were talking about the prices for this Hummer Uh, SUV, you know, like 150 and something. This Range Rover long wheelbase is base price $259,900. That's the base price. So wow. $100,000 more for an SUV that has a V8 power plant. Yes. That is totally traditional. You know, <laughs> there's nothing... Um, yeah, of course it's got tech, but we're not talking about electric drive. We're not talking about hybrid. <laughs> yeah, we're, it's, talking, we're talking it's about re, it's a repackage. <laughs> exactly. So basically, it's a it's the the Range Rover, but the extended uh, version. Tons of room in this vehicle. The rear seat legroom is is it's basically a limousine. Right. Um, so you get everything that you get in a, in a Range Rover in a larger vehicle that rides and handles extremely well mm -hmm. I mean you know the, the, it's so smooth it's so quiet it's it's silky silky is the the, the, the term that comes to mind even the engine when you're powering um, it you know the engine note is subdued it's just it's there but you know it's not it's not like all you hear it's, right. it's very quiet cabin very comfortable yeah it's a good balance between yeah. you know the what what you bought as for horsepower and sound and the quietness that you want in a luxury vehicle exactly and the inside you know obviously the the styling minimal styling that we see from from Range Rover whether it's the exterior design or the uh, the interior design as well beautiful absolutely beautiful vehicle The only problem really with it is is how much it costs. You know, like we're talking about a quarter million dollars as a base price. And yep. if you start throwing in some options, then you, of course, knock the price well north of that. But um, and also, you know, we've 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 harped on this a little bit with Land Rover, the, the long term reliability, the fact that their scores are not doing really well in terms of vehicles that have three years of, of use on the road. Right. We've talked also about the off road capability. You know, obviously, this this vehicle is also very capable off road, but none or pretty much, you know, very few of the owners will ever venture off-road to them off-road is the gravel road on the way to the the cottage at the lake right you know whereas we think of off-road as something altogether <laughs> different <laughs> so <laughs> so again um it a very fine piece of work very good looking very exclusive that cachet is there but you know like that a quarter of a million dollars for for a truck that has you know in a way uh It's strange because now, you know, we look at these things and we go like, you know, it's pretty much yesterday's tech, you know, a V8, a V8 engine. Right. It's not so long ago. It was the, the cat's meow, you know, is the thing to, to, to get. But mm -hmm. now it's like they're falling behind a little bit with, uh, with regards to, to EV. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how Land Rover makes that transition if they do, because now they're, you know, coming out with more hybrid yes. uh, drive models and plug-in hybrids and so on and so forth. 
But, you know, the day for an all-electric uh, Land Rover, it's still a bit of a ways away. It's still away. a bit ways away, right. Exactly. On the next episode, uh, we will be talking about a very important vehicle that you are going to drive, um, the Mazda CX-90. I think we presented it a couple of episodes back, and now is the time to drive it, a vehicle that... Uh, kind of represents uh, the pinnacle uh, uh, of the new Mazda, but still looks looks and feels like a, like like Mazda. Um, and that's going on in... San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah, that's perfect. Where we're going to drive it. So basically, you know, uh, like you've mentioned, we've, we've, we've talked a little bit about the, the, uh, the Mazda CX-90, but basically Mazda is very much moving towards a premium segment with right. their vehicles. And so the CX-90 is very much uh, geared towards that. Uh, beautiful styling, whether it's uh, exterior design or interior, but also, you know, a serious commitment from them, from them in that they uh, developed uh, two uh, new drivetrains. Right. Basically, they've built a brand new inline six-cylinder engine for, and this will be the first application for right. it for in this vehicle, CX-90, but also um, a uh, plug-in hybrid uh, drivetrain, so a four-cylinder engine with electric motor, with a battery. So, again, plug-in hybrid, that's the system that they put in the uh, CX-60 that is, uh, was uh, unveiled in, in Europe uh, right. last summer. Right. And now that's making its way to the uh, the CX-90. So it's going to be uh, interesting. Looking forward to, to, to the drive. L- very much looking forward to see how this vehicle runs with an inline six because I'm absolutely in love with that kind of engine configuration, configuration. Yeah. yeah it's perfect you know perfect yeah. balance doesn't need any kind of uh, counter rotating balance shafts and things like that right it's inherently well balanced okay so um it's gonna be very interesting to see how it's also a large vehicle you know three rows and whether they, they were able to keep that mazda dna of uh, great dynamics and ride and handling so i'm really really looking forward to uh to go driving that and Shortly after that, I'm going to fly over to Moab <laughs> and go to the oh, Jeep yes. Easter Safari right. to see the new, um, the new Jeep uh, concepts yes. and also to drive uh, some of their, uh, their, their Jeep production vehicles on... In the mud. In the, on the most challenging terrain, perhaps, for <laughs> off-road vehicles, which is Moab, Utah, which is, you know, of course, well-known for its uh, incredible scenery and scenic beauty and all that. And also for these incredible trails that they have where it's the Mecca, basically of off-roading in the world. And so it's going to be great to be able to uh, experience the Jeeps and their natural habitat, so to speak. Yes. Uh, For my part, a little bit more mainstream vehicles, but nonetheless very important, uh, the uh, Toyota Prius Prime uh, that we're going to test drive in uh, in, uh, California, uh, as well followed uh, by the Toyota Corolla Cross hybrid uh, version. Uh, So stay tuned for that because uh, these vehicles are very, very... There, a lot of people are waiting for them in Canada, and uh, and we're uh, we're we can't wait to uh, uh, learn all about them, but also uh, give them uh, a try and see how they uh, they perform uh, against the competition, but as well as as, as the uh, current models. So thank you for listening once again for the eleventh episode of the Car Guide podcast, and uh, we will speak in a couple of weeks uh, for the twelfth uh, episode. Thank you very much. Take care and so long. Thank you for listening to the Car Guide Podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you'd like. Visit us at carguideweb.com for daily updates and news on everything auto, as well as weekly reviews and drives. You can also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at The Official Car Guide.